You know what I mean. You can feel the excitement, the tension, the charisma that surrounds that stadium every Saturday afternoon, especially, especially 10 to 14 minutes before kickoff when a hush settles over that stadium and we all anxiously wait for that simple four-word command to emanate out of the PA system. I can hear it now. Band, take the field. And out of that Eastern Tunnel Corps, 215 well-drilled, well-disciplined Michigan bandsmen, they pour over the Eastern sideline, they form the big block M, and they play the greatest college fight song ever written, the Michigan Victors. And it runs Howard back over the field. Look at that. He runs Woodson all the way back to the 22-yard line. Woodson's got one block. Another block. Here's Henny back to throw. And he look. And he's firing on a post-cut. Edwards has it. 10, 5, touchdown. Well, that's the guy they've been picking on, Jaron Hayes, and Braylon Edwards has his third touchdown grab of the game. He's going to throw for it. He's got to throw it to the end zone. Lobs it up. One-on-one. -on -one. Cut. Michigan. Touchdown. I can't believe this. Rory Roundtree. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The team, the team, the team. Welcome to another edition of The Gulo. And now, here are the Larrabee boys, Zach and Kyle. Well, welcome to the Gulo. Uh, my name is Zach, and this is my brother, Kyle. And uh, as you guys heard just a moment ago, yes, we are brothers, born and raised together in the small town of Muskegon, Michigan. And if you are on this channel, um, this, this channel is, is for you. We, we are simply a voice of the University of Michigan sports, and we are voice of the people for the people. So we're not going to find out any inside scoops first, but we're going to be a voice for you guys as we respond and as we react firsthand from what we hear about what's going on in the Michigan sports world and really just what's going on in the state of Michigan in general. And so I'm super excited to kick this thing off. That, that's what we're going to be um, gearing ourselves towards is, is we have this football season coming up and we want to get into all things Michigan. We're really dialing into Michigan football. You see our decor. My brother Kyle has his jersey and he has a beautiful game of uh, – Michigan versus Ohio State in 1997, the year we went to the national championship. I have some decor back here as well. We're excited to jump into Michigan football. I don't know about you, Cobb. I'm ready to I'm ready to suit up myself right now. And so 
we're going to be today covering in our first episode, we're going to be covering the first couple of years of Jim Harbaugh's tenure at Michigan. Because before that, from about 2007 to 2008, all the way to 2014, Michigan was in some, somewhat of a slump. All right. Michigan was kind of, I don't know if you ever watched the movie, um, The Never Ending Story, but, but Treyu is riding his horse and he goes into the swamp of sadness and the, and the horse starts to fall and sink in, in mud and he's drowning and it's super sad. I'm about to cry right now just thinking about it. But I think of that and that's really what Michigan we, football We were definitely was. in the dark ages. It was bad. We, we were going through some, some thick mud. Jim Harbaugh comes in. So, so the first segment we're going to talk about for a couple of moments of his first five years and what that has looked like. I know some people say it's bad. I think we're going to say otherwise. And then we're going to jump into specifically what our offense is looking like so far this year. And uh, I'm, I'm boy, 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 I'm, I'm really excited to see what um, Joe Millen and those people are going to bring, but I'm going to let Kyle dive into that in just a moment. But, but before then I want to, I want to start off with a couple of shout outs because as we are a voice of the people for the people, you guys matter. You guys are the reasons why we're doing the show. And so we want to give you shout outs because you mean just a lot to us. And so first person I want to give a shout out to is my father-in-law, Dan Scott. He is uh, the one who came up with our awesome intro to the show. And he's actually the director of um, sports broadcasting at Furman University. And so his whole, his whole entire life, he's been doing this. He's a professional at broadcasting. And so uh, we're just super great grateful for um him uh, running that audio for us and so i just want to give a shout out he has a show called the dan scott show um it's really fun to listen to and he does a great job the other person we want to give a shout out to is nick rittenauer you see i'm a, I'm a pastor at a local church in the area and he is a kid who works with us and he actually owns his own business for media and photography and he's creating a logo for us in which we are about to actually display on social media and it, it, it's going to look amazing. So I want to give a shout out again. That's Nick Rittenauer at Nick Reed Media on Twitter. On, I'm sorry, not on Twitter, on Instagram and also on Facebook. So if you guys need anything made, whether you're here in South Carolina or you are in Michigan, email this guy. He'll be able to work anything out for you. And so I want to give a shout out to those two. But now I want to get into some other shout outs from our childhood and, and our love for the state of Michigan. So I'm going to start this off with my brother, Kyle. Kyle, why don't you go ahead and start us off with a shout out? All right. Well, my first two shout outs have got to go to two of my favorite, beloved uh, uh, childhood football players. Um, the, the memories are just way too, way too good for these two players. Uh, you know, I was like 10 years old, 10, 11 years old. And you know, used, to play, used to play backyard football, you know, back in Wolf Lake and yes. in the Skeeton area. And, um, you used to wear a Anthony Thomas A-Train number 32 jersey um, as I would play backyard school ball. And um, so so my two first shout-outs go to Anthony Thomas and Tom Brady. You know, they, as you can see, I got the game on behind me over here with Ohio State, uh, 1999 with Tom Brady and uh, A-Train. So I was 10 years old, just turned 10. And um, so these memories, those are my first two shout-outs and first two uh, – Two players that I thought of that I'd start our entire podcast off with. That's awesome. And I want to apologize. I first said that that was the game in 97 when we won the national title. That's not that game. This is Tom Brady's senior year that's playing behind you. So, that, again, that, oh. that, is, that, that is my bad. My, my, my first shout-out, or my, I guess my third shout-out, is going to go in a little bit of a different direction apart from football. I want to give a shout-out to the late Village Inn Pizza right off of Apple Avenue. They are a 
great pizza place that is actually shut down. It is not in business anymore. But man, they have they have the best pizza and karaoke. Our mom used to bring us there. Remember, she got all of us on stage and we sang We Are Family. Did not love it. I, I, I don't like getting on stage in front of people. So I, I just did not love it. But appreciative of you, mom, of bringing us up there and having that moment as a family. But anyways, karaoke nights and pizza at the Village Inn. Even though you're closed down, you have been for a while. I just want to give a shout out to you. If any of you guys who work there or own that place are, are going to stumble across this video one day. We're going to roll right into really quick, Kyle. We have about a minute left and we have to jump. Then we're going to jump into our first segment here. But I just want you to, to, to quickly describe your couple favorite Michigan moments. I know you have a couple of them, but, but um, what, what are your favorite Michigan moments? When, when you think of the state of Michigan or Michigan football or sports, what comes to your mind? Well, one, one of them is, um, you know, it, it, it's some of the, my favorite memories is the one behind us, mm. and that's the one that's playing. That's number one. I just, I, again, 9, 10, 11 years old, around that time frame, that ends up being, to me, one of my um, all-time favorite eras of Michigan football. I mean, you had Tom Brady, um, uh, Greasy, you had uh, – um, you know, the, the 1997 national championship, I was eight years old. Um, a train, Anthony Thomas. I, I mean, just, it's just that era to me was, was amazing. And so a lot of my memories will come from that time frame. That my first, that my best, my favorite memories. Um, so 1999, Ohio state, uh, November 20th. Um, my favorite memory, though, my favorite play was uh, nine minutes and 42 seconds when um, the A-train caught a, caught a pass and uh, runs, it, runs it clearly almost down to, for a touchdown and then pounds it in right after that. Mm. Um, so he, he ended up going on 10 plays for 69 yards. Um, well, not just A-train, but the whole offense mm. against Ohio State. That, and so we ended up winning 24-17 to 17 against Ohio State. I mean, it was just amazing. And uh, so that game, and then against Alabama in uh, 2000 in the Orange Bowl, um, we defeated Alabama 35 to 34 in overtime. Mm. And uh, I remember in the third quarter specifically with uh, three, I think it was about three minutes left in the game, um, A-Train, you know, uh, uh, ran down and scored too. And uh, I mean, it's just, to me, it was all about the A-Train. You know, Tom Brady, it was just that, that love between mm. chemistry. You know, and um, then 1998 when um, Michigan played Wisconsin and it was uh, 27 to 10. Um, um, so A train ended up having 4,472 yards. And it was uh, for his whole career at Michigan. And that ended up not being broken until Mike Hart. So to me, those three memories were, were my favorite for Michigan. That's awesome, man. That's great. Um, I'd have to say, um, I, I think, I think my first Michigan memory or, or close to it was Tom Brady's senior year. And, um, when we went to, uh, the orange bowl to play Alabama and we, and we're, we won the game that you were speaking of, we were at our aunt and uncle's house at the time on new year's Eve. And we, we, we watched that game. And so, or no, it was on new year's day, new year's night. I'm sorry, January one that we went and watched that. And, um, man, so I, I just remember that. Um, but I'd say one of my favorite Michigan moments happened in 2004. We were playing Michigan State in Ann Arbor in the big house. And 
Michigan State had our number during that game. It seemed like a lot of those those years between 2004 and 2007, they were up on us throughout the game, but we just somehow came back, pulled it off. We, we proved why we are still big brother in that rival because it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And we were down, I believe it was like 18 points. We came back, the game went into, into the third overtime, and then my favorite Michigan receiver of all time, Braylon Edwards, caught a touchdown pass in the right corner of the end zone from Chad Henney, won the game. We went for two points. Um, scored one, uh, scored the two-point conversion. Michigan State threw an interception. We won the game. It was uh, – man, it was just phenomenal. And so I just remember that that time before the stadium lights were even put in um, the stadium. They, they kind of had to be put there temporarily in case it got dark out. And so you had kind of like weird figures on the turf because the lights weren't like the greatest. Um, so I just – when I think of Michigan football, I think of that moment in 2004 when, when we beat Michigan State. Um, but again, I just, I just want to, before we jump into our first segment, I just want to uh, remind you guys that Nick Reed Media, you can go ahead and get all your media needs, uh, media needs from him. He does a great job. Again, I'm super excited for our logo so we can show it to you guys. And um, he has an Instagram page and a Facebook. Again, that's Nick Reed Media, and he'd be happy to help any of you guys who are, who are looking for those needs. Um, but Kyle, we're, we're going to jump into our first segment here. And th- this is really what we want to talk about because when we came out of the dark ages, we were crawling out of the swamp and it was just, it was hard times. Michigan fell on hard times. And we called a guy, Jim Harbaugh, who was a Michigan alum, played for Michigan, played for the, the historical coach, Bo Schembechler. In, uh, in 1985 season, they, they go to the Rose Bowl and they win the Big Ten. And, you know, Harbaugh's famous, you know, we're going to beat Ohio State. And they go and beat Ohio State in Columbus. He comes back to the program and the program's not looking great. And now it's five years later and we still don't have a big 10 championship. We don't have a win against Ohio state. And when people look at that from the outside, they say, man, this man has failed. He's not doing great, but we're winning almost 10 games every season. So I want you to explain to me the, as we go through the 2015 season, his first year here, when he gets hired in December of 2014, what's going through your mind there. And in the first season is, is Harbaugh takes off here at the University of Michigan. Well, I mean, with, I mean, with his first season there, um, uh, you know, I think we, there was a lot of. Um, I mean, I was excited. I mean, I think most fans were super excited to see Jim Harbaugh come back. You know, I was always a Harbaugh guy in general. I loved watching him at San Francisco and. Um, you know, at Stanford, he was always awesome there. So, I mean, his, his success, his track record was always successful everywhere he went. They seemed to build a team in two or three years and then take off and go build a team and take off. And he was kind of a serial starter, a builder, you know, for, for good team. And um, um, so that's I, – I, when I first – when Harbaugh first came in, I was, I was excited, you know, and, and I, I thought he was – um, I thought he was destined to bring us out of this uh, dark age, out of this hole that we were in. And I think he had high expectations from all the fans, including me, including you, including our dad, stepdad, everybody. You know, I think everybody had a lot of high expectations for him. And I think um, we still do. And I think he's but, – but the thing is, it's even like Kirk Herbstreet said, you know, this is not something that's going to take two years you know we're used to hardball walking in and changing a program in two or three years and making them 
very, very, very good. Yeah. And so, um, you know, he said it's going to take six, seven years to make to, to build this team to where it needs to be. Yeah. And uh, it's just how far behind our program slipped mm-hmm. and um, where it needed to be to to really compete against Ohio State and it, at an elite level where it needed to go. And, um, you know, I think there's been times where I've been very impatient over the last couple of years. And uh, I think a lot of us have been impatient or have gotten upset. But so for the first year, I had a lot of high experience. I just did. I thought, you know, for some reason, Arbaugh was going to come in and make a miracle happen. And mm. and uh, when we lost to Utah, if that's correct, right off the bat with uh, Jake Rudock, I was kind mm. of bummed out. But we played great. It was a great game. We played great. But I was pretty bummed just for the fact. It's like, oh, here we go. You mm. know, I mean. You know, it's, but yeah. then the rest of the season turned out to be wonderful, and, and we mm-hmm. we ended up having a high success rate. So I was I was really excited to see Jim Harbaugh the way he um, built that first year. Uh, um, now and really, the, the, and really that, that 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 first year, Michigan, besides losing to Utah, which if we play that game again, I think Michigan wins, and if we. We, I mean, we obviously lost to Ohio State big that year. You know, Ohio State with Ezekiel Elliott, like we're not going to win that game. Um, but Michigan State on the fluke punt right there at the end where we dropped it, like Harbaugh very well could have had 11, maybe even 12 wins on the season in 2015. So when we look at the 2015 season, we say, man, that's a pretty good success. Like we, we, we destroyed Florida in the, uh, in, in the bowl game there. And we're coming off of 2015 and it's like, dang, like he did pretty good with the team that went three and nine the year before. Like I know, and that, that's what I'm saying. I was, I mean, I, I thought when we first lost against Utah, I was like, come on, you know, really. And uh, where were you when that happened? Do you, do you happened remember where you were? Say again. Do you remember where you were when we when we lost Utah first game? I think me and you were together, right? I think I was at Buffalo Wild Wings. I think you and our dad, dad came down to visit for a couple of days. I remember you guys watching it and I couldn't come and watch it with you guys. Yeah. And so I was upset. And so I stayed in Bu- Buffalo Wild Wings by myself and I just got laughed at because here's Michigan the first year with Harbaugh and we lose to Utah. And so right then there, I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, I'm taking off my hat. And- Overall, yeah. I think Jake Rock was the best steals that we've had. He ended up turning out to be one of the most consistent, uh, one of the better quarterbacks um, we've had, and uh, yeah. uh, so far, I believe. Uh, yeah. So, so at, the, at the end of 2015, it's a pretty good success. We we expected to lose to Ohio State, but we were like, you know what, 2016 is going to be a different story because Jim Harbaugh has everybody back from 2015, and now we have Will and Spate at quarterback, and we have a a very talented group at receivers, and we had Dravil Peppers and Jordan Lewis and the Glasgow brothers, like. We, we had just a good team in 2016, and we started off, I believe it was 8-0, 9-0, 8-0, and we, we went down to Iowa, and we lost by a last-second field goal, which could which would have won us the Big Ten East, and we would have gone to the Big Ten Championship regardless of the loss or win to Ohio State. So now bring you through the 2016 season, because this is where it hurts a little bit, because we were the better team going into Columbus. We should have beat them. JT was short. He will always be short. And because of that bad call and some other bad things that happened, obviously you can't fumble on the one yard line like we did, but Harbaugh should have won that game. And I think the, I think the narrative on him would be a lot different if he did. So bring me through the 2016 season. Well, 
to me in 2016, you remember when I, I was on, I was on the Michigan uh, app, uh, you know, I downloaded the Michigan app, the official app, and I was on there and I'd go to the Facebook page and I would just keep repeating the same thing. Wilton Spate, baby, Wilton Spate, <laughs> you know, King of Victors, you know, hail to Wilton Spate. So I was advocating for Wilton Spate pretty hard. And the reason is I did a lot of research on him. And I was like, man, this guy is going to be great. You know, he's going to fit just right right in with Harbaugh's uh, pro-style offense that, that he was trying to to run. And um, uh, he was uh, the All-American Under Armour candidate, um, you know, in the Under, Under Armour Bowl. And I, I think, what was it, high school coming in? Uh, there was a lot about him where I was like, man, this guy's, this guy's going to be legit. You know, yeah. I think he's going to be pretty good. I think Harbaugh's going to get a hold of him, and he's going to really um, – train him and get him up to speed on the way he needs him to play. And, you know, so I, I was advocating for him pretty hard. And, and I remember uh, on, on Facebook, just, just really letting it loose. And um, of course, there's a lot of times I get overly excited and I overrate the players. And I always do. <laughs> That's part of me and your nature, man. We're, yeah. we're fanatics. We're fan fanatics. Yeah. Well, you know, we're also a little slap happy. We like to, um, overrate our players quite a lot you know mm-hmm. but uh um so yeah so came down to it it was a, a fight between spate uh, what was it? shane morris on o'corn and wilton spate ended up duking it out and uh, being the being the first the first uh first on the depth chart so he went to be impressive too now he had a 61 percent passing rating which mm-hmm. was pretty good um passing for over 2,538 yards and uh, had 18 touchdowns with only seven interceptions. Mm. I mean, it was pretty good. He had 193.8 quarterback rating, which was third, um, third ranked in the big 10. Um, and we ended up being inches away for playing for a big 10 title. I mean, at the end of the day, again, another year that was leading up to a, a, a successful 2016 season. Um, but we, uh, we came up short and we were kind of left in limbo there. Uh, but we were left. I feel like when we came out of 2016, I think we were ready for 2017 to be the, the year. I think yeah. all that buildup from, from 2015, 2016, it was all this buildup to year number three being the year that everything was mature, come together. Yeah. And I think that's what we all had in mind. I and, think from, I think from uh, a fan's perspective, it was this is the year. But if you looked at, you know, pe- people on the inside who, who know the team and pe- or people obviously in the media and stuff, they're like, like, hey, let's pump the brakes because in 2016, we lost a lot of seniors going into 2017. We, we lost a lot of people. We lost a lot of senior leadership, skill position, some linemen. Like, we going into t- 2017, from an outside perspective, it was – man, Michigan has one of the youngest teams in college football. This is going to be hard to win a Big Ten championship. But from our perspective, it was, no, this is Harbaugh's third year. This is going to be the year to do it. And I don't think we realize where the where they were at at that time. So going into 2017. For, for, me, yeah, for, for me, it was – it's you know me. I really try to center around the quarterback. Yeah. You know, I always yeah. do. Yeah. I, I think the quarterback is one of the most – it's the most important – essential piece. And I really believed, even though we had a young defense, um, we had a young, a, a young team coming in. I had a lot of confidence in uh, 
and, and our, our defensive uh, coordinator. <laughs> and I, yeah. I believe we had a, I believe we had a team, a, t- a team in general going into 2017 that I think we could really compete, you know, uh, for that Big Ten championship and make it, make it farther than that. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Spate was at that next level. You know, I think I felt like 2017 he was going to take just take right off. Yeah. I thought Spate was there. I thought he was there. I thought he just had to get over the hump. And um, I thought we had a good quarterback and John O'Corn just in case. Uh you know, Spade did get hurt, and I just thought we had it. I thought 2017 was going to click just fine, and things were going to uh, things were really going to roll for us. And um, as we found out, that that just didn't happen. So the, the line looked really inexperienced. Uh, we didn't have that big running back. Our quarterback situation was awful. Will and Spade was just not a great quarterback. Uh, John O'Corn his passion and his love was there, but he just wasn't a good quarterback. And, um, and then going on to Brandon Peters, it's just like, man, he would be a good quarterback at Illinois, which he went to. And, you know, he, he's, he's doing good there, but at the university of Michigan, you need to have a, a big time player. You need to have a big time player. That's going to take a game over. You need a, a Trevor Lawrence that's going to pull the ball down and run for a 60-yard touchdown against Ohio State when it's needed. You need a quarterback who's going to make good decisions and who just has the raw elite talent that we just didn't see happen. So in 2017, we had a lot of young talent, especially on defense, and we are like, man, okay, 2017 was awful. It, was, it ended poorly, too. We lost to South Carolina, which we should have blew that team out. So now going into 2019 – or 2018, excuse me – we're like, all right, you know what? Our defense is all coming back. They're experienced. It's going to be good. Chase Winovich is coming back. But we didn't feel good because we still didn't have a quarterback. And we didn't believe that Wilton Spate was going to be the person or Brandon Peters was going to be the person to bring us to where we needed to be. But then out of nowhere, we get this golden arrow shot through the air called Shea Patterson. Well, well, the thing is, well, the thing is too, and if you back up real quick to – 2017 you know spate did get hurt he had his spinal injury and yeah. but he was showing signs of weakness before that i believe and things were yes. going downhill for him they were and and, and i really thought john o'corner was going to step in because remember he had that one good game against purdue was it? yeah yeah purdue had or a good game he was, he was on fire yeah allison said hey you know what let's ride john o'corner from there and brand peters got concussion in wisconsin i think it was or something like that yeah. Um, you know, it was just a, it was a mess. Yeah. Yeah, it was a mess. So 2017 ended up being one of the worst years for the quarterback room, I believe, yeah. in in um in Harbaugh's era, obviously. And uh it ended up being a dis- disappointing season for all Michigan fans. And I think that yeah. was when it was like, okay, everybody started uh, riding the whole uh, um fire Harbaugh and um, you know, everybody started jumping off the Michigan bandwagon at that point. I think yeah. 2017 end up turning dark for the most part it yeah was, and then going bad end of the season result yeah um so going into 2018 we needed that savior somebody that we could really bring in a quarterback position that was consistent and would mold with our with our uh offense yep <laughs> and and that's what we and that comes back to what you're saying with uh Shea yeah. Patterson. We, need, we needed a quarterback, but we didn't think it was going to happen. So we were just kind of like, all right, you know, let's go ahead and get used to another 
another year of losing four, maybe five games with the bad quarterback situation. And then uh, I don't know where we get a transfer. And we're like, wait, a transfer, Shea Patterson, who's this? Oh, he's an SEC quarterback. He's a mobile quarterback. He's a quarterback that we need to win the big game, the game against Ohio State to, to get to the Big Ten Championship and further on. This is a guy that can do it. And I think because of the hype that was around him, it really clouded our memory and what I, or, or our, our, our process and our thinking because what we really should have been asking is, why was he benched at Ole Miss? Because he was transferring for a reason. So we're not getting the best of the best. We're getting a backup who had a knee problem who really is questionable. But in our eyes, we're saying we have a quarterback from Ole Miss who loves the University of Michigan, who's a spread-type mobile quarterback who can throw the ball. This is awesome. This is who we need. So now going into 2018. But he also loved Michigan. He loved Michigan. He grew up. He, he grew up with the rivalry. He grew up by Michigan. He wanted to play for Michigan. So when he came – it was like, dude, this is awesome. This is great. So now we're about to head into Notre Dame in 2018, and we're getting ready. We're excited for it. And we get, we get beat that first game. We do not look good. And then from then on, we go on a 10-game revenge tour. They had T-shirts made. We actually went to the Wisconsin game that year. It was one of the, my favorite memories of all time. Our, our wives were with us, and um, it was just amazing being able to witness in the big house, best place to watch college football, the most historical team, the fight song, the helmets, the game day. And we put a whooping on them. We win 10 straight games and we're going into Columbus. Like, yes, we're 10 and one. We're about to go into Columbus, beat them. And we're going to the college football playoff. And we're winning our first big 10 championship since 2004. But that didn't happen. Bring us through the 2018 season in a nutshell, in a couple of minutes. What happened there? I mean, I mean, especially well, at the end. In a nutshell, we had. I mean, in a nutshell, Shea Patterson got better over time, and it seemed like they were he was. It was a slow offense in general, a slow setup. You know, not real high scoring. Yes. But we were winning. Our defense was unbelievable. I mean, on fire. I think at one point they were what number one or two two in the nation for for so many weeks in a row. Yeah. I mean, it was. I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but it was – we were on fire, man. The ride – I mean, we had T-shirts being made. It was the revenge tour. Um, I really believed we were we were hungry and we yep. were going to beat Ohio State. And we were going to walk into the playoffs, march in. We're going we're gonna to win the Big Ten Conference, march into the playoffs, and, uh, you know, see what would happen from there. But, Kirk, uh, Kirk Street even picked us to win. And I thought I thought Michigan was gonna be Ohio State. I thought we were gonna walk in there. I mean, it was your bachelor party, and yeah, <laughs> right. Um, yes, we were up in the mountains and yes. uh, smoking, beautiful smoking weekend. Say again. Beautiful weekend, beautiful mountains. Everything was set right, and then we get blown out, and it is, it's awful, it's bad. So, 2018 does not end well, and we're thinking, okay. We need to figure this crap out. So we're blaming Don Brown. Now, now, I will say this before you get into that. Yeah. You know, Shane Patterson, I got some stats real quick here. He, yeah. He did, he, he did have huge dividends, 600 yards, 22 touchdowns, and just seven, seven interceptions. Yeah. He brought on a, uh, um, a pretty good 
record. Uh, I mean, pretty good rating there. Passing, passing wise, um, from that he, year, he protected uh, the ball well. That was our ticket. Was the Ohio State game. Yeah. And Don Brown and his defense, and I'm sorry, but just the Michigan team in general got, we got our butts kicked. I, I think it was a record setting butt kicking against Ohio State. Yeah, it was bad. And so, and so we end the 2018 campaign, and we have another 10-win season, which is a good season, but it's not the Michigan standard. And we lost to Ohio State again. So now going into the 2019 season, we're like, okay, the only way we are going to compete – and I remember I went through like a three-month like hiatus on Michigan football. I mourned because it was that bad. And I said, unless we hire an offensive coordinator that can – really make our different or make the difference on off- on the offensive side of the ball and progress that to where college football is at, we're not going to do anything. We need to be able to keep up with teams. Don Brown's got to be able to come up with a scheme to beat Ohio state, which I think we have it this year. It, you know, we, we can get it. We'll get into that later in, in next week and stuff, but um, we're going into 2019 now and this is supposed to be the year again, but we're still kind of worried because we don't know exactly how Shea Patterson is going to look. And so in a brief 30 seconds to a minute, why don't you go ahead and give us the 2019 season before we go into our intermission here? What happened in 2019? Why are we still here talking about the frustrations that we have heading into the 2020 campaign? Okay, look, I mean, from the end of 2018 to 2019, all right, me and you are up in Gallensburg in the top of the mountains at a peak. And we're looking out at this beautiful view and we're excited because we're about to beat Ohio State, and then our entire dreams get shattered. You know, we're sitting in this beautiful cabin in a hot tub, hanging out, watching the game, and just everything fell apart from there. You know, we got our butts kicked against Ohio State. We were embarrassed. Um, we went through a whole – a long year of mourning, a whole year of me and you just going, you know what, I'm done. You know, yeah. like I – at that point, I was ready to throw the towel in on Harbaugh, the whole entire staff. Michigan in general, just, you know, I was like, look, obviously it's not working. Something ain't working. Nothing's working. We just got our butts kicked against Ohio State. I mean, I was just frustrated. All of us were. Most Michigan fans were like, yo, this is, this ain't working. (laughs) I had people, I had people left and right tell me, I thought, I thought your hardball coach was going to do it. What's up with him? What's he doing? You know, and and here we got a guy who was supposed to go to each college that he's been at and turn him around, turn him around into a elite program. But yeah, you know, we, we weren't seeing that what we thought was elite here at Michigan. And yeah. what, what elite to us is let's beat Ohio State. Yep. Let's get a Big Ten championship. And and those are the two major things that we want to yeah. see from the University of Michigan um, is a Big Ten championship and being Ohio State. Those yeah. are the two major things. And those two haven't been done. So you know, we're left unsatisfied. Now, did he get us out of the considered dark ages where we're not three and we're, we're only winning three games or four games a year? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We did. We're, we're you know, we've been consistently getting better. But going into, going into 2019, I was empty, man. I was like, okay, well, I had no, no confidence left anymore, honestly, because yeah. we went from this high revenge tour down to yeah. just nothing. You know, it honestly – 2019, I threw the towel in. I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to sit back and I'll watch, see how things go, you know, and, and, and hope for the best. Josh Gaddis came in. I started getting a little excited. Sparks yeah. started flying because of this young Josh Gaddis who 
you know, came from Alabama. He's all about speed and space. And I was like, okay, yeah. let's see what. And I was excited because, you know, spread offense, man. I was excited. I was like, okay, we're going to change it up. That's that's a good move, Harbaugh. You know, you're going yeah. the right direction. Pep Hamilton, I love Pep, but, you know, it was time for him to go. Yep. It was time for Dravenel, obviously, before that to go. And, yeah. and they were all – only that, that era was over. Josh Gaz comes in, first year head, uh, first year offensive coordinator. And um, I was excited. I, I kind of knew 2019 would be a little shaky just because of that. That's what I was expecting was a shaky year. Yeah. Um, and that's definitely what we got. And the thing, the thing is, is what indicated to me something was a little wrong with the quarterback room was, and I'm all about quarterbacks. I always, yeah. I'm always paying attention to who our quarterback is, how they're doing, how they're performing, because I really believe they are the key essential part of our entire team and I now I think every position is important I think yeah. the offensive line you can't do nothing without a steady a strong um offensive line you know I, I I believe every position is very important and the team together um having great chemistry and jiving together is important but I do yeah. believe the quarterback has got to be focused um he's got to be really great or 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 elite yeah. and and there's got to be something about him that makes him um stand out for me you know yeah, that's how yeah. i know we're a good season and i yeah. i thought we had that with space didn't work out obviously that didn't work out and then i thought we had it even with shea patterson for 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 a while yeah but going into the 2019 season right off the the first game was against middle tennessee when we fumbled the ball and shea gets hurt you know he, he hurts his he fractured his rib or hurt his rib or something like that and bruised yeah. it something yeah um that rest of that game was off. And I said, man, if Shea doesn't get better after this first game, we need to think seriously think about trying Dylan McCaffrey or Joe Millen and, and see if maybe we can get them trained up fast on this new offense. And just to have somebody really – I was thinking put in Joe Milton or, or, you know, play Shea the rest of the game, obviously. Yeah. And But if things don't improve, we need to, we need to – think about putting somebody else in because this is he just yeah. didn't look good and, and really that was the story and yeah and really that was the story the rest of the season was it, it just didn't pan out like Shea Patterson got consistent here and there but then he went inconsistent and basically we're sitting here now getting ready to go in the 2020 season and we're looking back and we're saying okay what's missing is a quarterback well, what's missing is a, is, is a quarterback an elite quarterback to bring us to the next level and not only that but a defensive scheme from Don Brown to get us past Ohio State well, the thing is, too, is what did I say that second game? I, I remember texting. Uh, you said we need a Ben well Shea Patterson. We need we need to put in McCaffrey. You were you were you were really balling for McCaffrey. McCaffrey, we we wanted McCaffrey. I was balling in. for McCaffrey. I was balling for McCaffrey, and I was even a little high on Joe Milton at the time. But I knew McCaffrey had a little bit more experience yeah. at the time. Um, and 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 you know he's a well known. His, his brother plays in the NFL. He's um his whole family is is um. Uh, it's all it's a football family that he yeah. comes from. So here I'm thinking, okay, second game, yeah. Shea came out and he was slow, you know. And yeah. the thing, it went back to what Josh Gaddis said before the season even started. Yep. Uh, three weeks, two or three weeks before the season even started, uh, uh, Josh Gaddis is asked, "Well, how's Shea Patterson looking? How's he doing?" And he jokes around, "Well, he's playing a little too much golf." Yeah. You know, he could be doing, he could be studying or practicing a little bit more and staying a little bit more focused. That right there was a red flag to me because even though Josh Gass is laughing about it or maybe he's joking, 
I took that serious. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to say that but publicly to me, that's on your mind. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, well, man, maybe uh, Shay's, you know, and it, and it seemed like the, his whole demeanor, the whole season was just nonchalant. It seemed, it seemed like he was, um, it seemed like he was um, just half in, half out, not fully dedicated or fully yeah. wanting it. Yep. Um, and maybe that's a little too harsh of a criti- critic uh, criticism, but I just felt like he wasn't hungry fully. Yeah. To play at his elite or his best, and maybe yeah. it, maybe it was all off season that he he just didn't he wasn't there. I don't know. I don't know what it was. Yeah. But to me, anyways, but to basically me, what it is game, is we... I started tweeting. I I started tweeting on Twitter to certain people. I ain't gonna say their names, but I was like, yo, yeah. I was putting it all. I was putting it on Twitter every day. Yeah. Take Shay out. Take Shay out. Second game. Take Shay out. Take Shay out. Put in McCaffrey or put in Joe Milton. Somebody else needs to come in because he's not. He's not. He's not doing yeah. the job. And we're going to lose against Wisconsin if we don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody was was criticizing me, blowing me up. Yeah. What are you talking about? He's the best, man. You're just – you're crazy, you know? You're, you're being way too yeah. overcritical. And so really, really, um, really – right, but we, we got to move on here because we're we, – we got to get uh, – as, as we move on here to our second segment. Um, but anyways, what it comes down to is moving into the 2020 campaign, like – it's a quarterback issue. We need an elite quarterback to bring us where we need to go, and we need a defensive scheme to beat Don Brown. And what we're going to talk about in this next segment is really what is hopeful for us. Because I know the first time it seems kind of depressing and sad and murky of like there's really no hope. But I think there's actually a lot of hope, not for us next year, but for us this year in the 2020 season with, um, with Joe Mill. And we're going to get to him here in just a couple of moments. But before then, again, I just want to let you guys know that you can go ahead and go to Nick Reed Media for all your media needs. Again, it's Nick Reed Media. He has an account on Instagram and also on Facebook as well for all your media and photography. Um, but we have a special guest. So something we're going to do every single week is we're going to have a special guest come in and hang out with us, and they're going to give us their tip of the week. And today I have my beautiful wife, Becky Larrabee, and she is a diehard Clemson fan. And uh, – I uh, just love her so much, and she is going to share something with us this week. So for the next couple of moments, honey, would you mind sharing with us something that's on your mind that you want to teach us today? Uh, yeah. Well, first of all, I'd like to say uh, praise God and uh, go Tigers. I'm a Mich- uh, Michigan fan by marriage, but a uh, Clemson Tiger fan by heart. So uh I'm here with our tip of the week for all you happy homemakers out there, um, leaders of the home or, um, you know, husbands, wives, whoever does your laundry, um, this tip is for you. With the cold and flu season and COVID season um, still ramping up, um, you know, we all know the basics, wash your hands, wear your mask, social distance, don't be kissing babies on the face. Um, But something that you might not know is laundry also has a lot of that virus um germs and bacteria and all that nasty stuff that doesn't always come out with just your plain old detergent so something that i have discovered is this lysol laundry sanitizer with zero percent bleach and we uh just throw this in with um our regular laundry detergent and um and softener and it's just a little cat pool kills cold and flu viruses so uh, we've been using that um zach and i both got covid along with our baby and so we washed our clothes and our sheets and all of this um 
and it just really kills all those virus germs. So if you don't have this, I highly uh, recommend going to your local Walmart, Harris Teeter, Publix, mm. wherever you go to get your laundry needs and purchasing a uh, bottle of this stuff. How much is it? I don't know how much it is, but it doesn't matter because it's worth it. Mm. <laughs> Thank you, honey. You're welcome. Go Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's great. Um, yeah, again, so as, uh, as my wife said, we, uh, we got COVID a couple months back, um, but we're all good. Baby's good. And uh, something that we can do to protect ourselves is simply doing the small things right. And that means cleaning your clothes well. And so, um, again, uh, uh, we, we are back here. We're, we're about to start our second segment here in the next about 10 minutes or so that we have. Um, and so I, I want to get through this. So, so we ended off on kind of a sad note. Now we're jumping into the Joe Milton era. And really, this is the talk of the town. I mean, there's a lot of things to talk with with the offense, but what it comes down to is Bazooka Joe. And so if you don't know what Bazooka Bubblegum is, go buy some Bazooka Bubblegum on Amazon. Get it ready because we're going to be popping Bazooka Bubblegum all year long because this dude is about to go off for hundreds of yards a game. He's going to throw for three touchdowns in like 30 seconds. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait. Maybe that's a little over-exaggeration, but Kyle, I want you to explain to us maybe what, what can we expect from Michigan in 2020? Because this isn't something where we're building for 2021. It is, we have a quarterback, we have a loaded running back room, we have an athletic experienced offensive line, we have a receiving core that is second to maybe a couple in the country, in my opinion, and we have a really good athletic defense that I think is going to have a better scheme this year with being Ohio State. Bring us through, what are we looking for this year in Michigan football? Well, again, we're not, you know, considered professional analysts. Um, you know, not half at all. the time I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. I was wrong with Spate. I was wrong with, well, I thought John Corn was going to be pretty good. I was wrong with him. Awesome, uh, I, I mean, I've been wrong quite a lot, but I will say this. I do got football, natural football instincts. I mean, I played football from five years old all until I was 18. You know, so um, the one thing I can say is when I when I see a player that I really believe I think is going to change the chemistry of the entire team in a positive direction, mm -hmm. I get excited and I and I see that in the in the stomach in my the pit of my stomach I see the natural the natural instincts coming out I, I yeah. feel the Wolverine coming out man and mm. I, I I as a fan I have never been so excited because I really do believe that we have the first great or elite potential quarterback to come through Michigan in Harbaugh's era. Mm. And it's Harbaugh's recruit. I think he's his first recruit, right? Actual legitimate. Um, yeah. Recruit this, is, this is the first starting quarterback that was recruited by Harbaugh. Yes. Yeah. So I am, I'm, I'm stoked. You know, I was big on Dylan last year, but then as the season went on and, and the offseason, I really started to grow on to Joe Milton. And uh, just just going over everything about him in general, I, I love it. I love his leadership. I love how he has been uh, taking leadership classes on the offseason. He's um, – personally, I just – I love his personality. And speaking um, of those leadership I classes – I I'm taking a leadership course through the university of Michigan this January and I'm going to get a certificate for it. So I feel like in a way I can kind of relate with Joe Milton that I'm not saying I can teach him anything. I'm just saying as he's throwing touchdown passes, I can sit back and be like, man, I think I was in class with that guy. 
But don't don't put that well, on record because that might not be true. Look, I think Joe Milton is hungry. I think he gets Josh Gaddis's offense. Um, the man's got an arm. That's why they call him Bazooka Joe. That's right. Um, he's very accurate. Uh, he can run. Um, I have I have very high hopes and expectations for Joe Milton this coming up 2020 season, and I really do believe that he's going to set Michigan um, on a on a on a high road this year. So, good. Uh, now, um, now, now, now we know. I mean, as good as Joe Milton is, and is I mean the, the guy's throwing seventy yard passes. Joe Gaddis is telling the receivers just to keep running, and the ball will land in your arms. Like we know he's got a cannon. He's the heaviest and biggest quarterback in college football. Not just the Big Ten, but college football. He's six foot five, two hundred forty five pounds. He's a big dude. He's got a cannon. He's a great leader. What I'm hearing on the field. But we know that this this doesn't matter unless we have a good offensive line because we had Denard Robinson at one point in time, and even though we beat Ohio State, we 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 went in uh, B, I believe it was Virginia, um, yeah, it was Virginia or Virginia Tech in a BCS game, and that year was good. There were still moments where we lost to Michigan State because our offensive line. And so it doesn't matter how good the quarterback can be. If you don't have a good offensive line, it's really going to limit the greatness of that quarterback. So I want you to explain to us a little bit, what does our offensive line look like? Cause we just lost like five dudes to the draft and now we got a whole new offensive line, but they're not really new. They've been there. They have experience, but this is going to be their first time in a starting role. So for the next minute, I just want you to bring us through what is this offensive line looking for us? Okay. Well, like I said, I think I believe it always starts with the um, with with a great with great chemistry between the line and, you and I were linemen in have, high school. And yeah, we were we were both line linemen, offensive linemen in high school, defensive line and offensive line. And I was a pulling right guard, um, but I know how important it was to have the the line caller, the 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 guy who that would call out the the um, the signs and symbols and the different. Uh, pretty much, you have your own. You're almost your own language there on the offensive line. And yeah. um, the center is usually the one that starts it, and, and everybody starts chirping and talking. And guards talking to the tackle. Tackle's talking to the guard, the tight ends. Deep. Center's talking to everybody. Everybody's pointing around, throwing out symbols and signs. And, um, man, it's just – it's wild. It's like um, – but it's, it's, it's really cool. And that, that chemistry, once you build that chemistry and that jive you and you have that uh, – you have that flow together and everybody's on the same page. Um, it's one beautiful thing. And that takes time. That takes experience to, to build that, I believe. And so we are young. We are young this year on the offensive line. Mm. But I do see, um, you know, starting with our center, uh, we have we have a guy that I've been following, Andrew Vestardis. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a – I think he's a – what is it, sophomore? Um, a reserve junior? He's a junior. Um so he's had some experience in general. And Andrew Vestardis, it's I think it was on uh, the John Jansen in the trenches, mm-hmm. um, and I think it was also on um, on uh, um, on um, Cole's podcast, mm-hmm. uh, Locked On podcast, that uh, that he's the number one leader in that offensive. Um, that he's he's turned into um i guess uh 
Ed Warner, he breaks down the offensive line into two groups. I think there's 18 players all together, and they they go through Zoom meetings. And I, I guess Andrew Bestardis has really became not only the top leader there, but um, a voice, but he's also just really, really showing up at practice. So as the center, I believe we're, we're really going to have that base there. And then, um, you know, having – Everybody around, Andrew Stuber coming back from injury. Inks, of course. Um, and have Jalen Mayfield, you know, come, yeah. opting to come back. Um, and then, obviously, uh, uh, you know, and I'm big on Chuck Filiaga, too. I, yeah. I think we have a pretty big line. Oh, We're yeah. talking uh, 280, 100-plus uh, pounds. Um, so, I think we're going to have a big line to work with. And I think uh, second year of Josh Gaddis, man, and Ed Warner, I think we're going to – Ed Warner has always done a good job of simplifying things. And I think yeah. – um, I think our line is going to – our offensive line is going to be just fine. I really yeah. do. I believe that. I, I think I think Joe Milton, being as big as he is at 6'6", six, six, uh, what is it, 243 pounds or so. Huge, um, dude, yeah. He'll be able to shake off anything that comes his way if the offensive line can't, can't block. So um, – yep. But, uh, yeah. So that's awesome. So, so we, we have, we have the quarterback, we, we have a good line that I think, I think we're going to beat Minnesota going into that game. I mean, it may be too early. Maybe I'm getting too hyped up. Go ahead and um, you know, call me down if need be. Um, we have the line, we have the quarterback, but I think, I think what's even more surprising is the depth of our running back room. We, we know that Christian Turner just opted back in. We have four or five running backs deep that aren't just on the roster, but they're all capable to start and they have leadership. And then we have receivers around Joe Millen and Ronnie Bell and Mike Sandstrow and um, uh, Giles Jackson. And then um, AJ Henning, who's a true freshman. And then I, I, what I'm guessing what you and I had talked about before is Nico Collins even opting back in. And we, we think that that is going to happen. Um, we're, we just look loaded all the way around. So we know the depth that we have for the next couple of moments here, before we close out, let's, let's talk about that running back room and, and, and our receivers. What, what is it that gets us so giddy and excited about this football season with them? Well, for one, you got Chris Evans coming back. That's awesome. That That's is huge. great news. I mean, the guy, so so stats of the day, he rushed for over 1,115 yards, uh, 188 carries, 15 touchdowns as a senior, caught over 40 passes for 511 yards, four touchdowns as a senior, rushed for over 1,249 yards, 185 carries, 18 touchdowns as junior year, um, tallied 99 rushing attempts for 530 yards, seven scores with hauling in 37 receptions for 440 yards and five scores as a sophomore. Um, the thing is, is Evans, he's, he's very shifty. Um, yep. He's very unique in the way his style of running is. It's not like a lot of other um, running backs that you see. So him being a key component of this offense is, is huge. You know, yep. him with uh, – and he just adds to this, this depth of our running back room with, uh, with, um, with Haskins and with uh, – with, with this entire offensive group in general, I think um, I, I think we're setting good. I think, yeah. But Chris Evans is the biggest 
the biggest component that I wanted to add to. And, and what's great about Chris Evans too is not only his athletic ability, but this guy got kicked off the team for a year because his grades weren't good. He had to go to junior college yeah. and get his grades back up. And so, so he's taking on a mature leadership role that I think all the guys in that room are just going to be able to learn from him so well. So besides the athletic and, and his shiftiness and him galloping and him picking up stride and how fast he really is, he kind of reminds me of a Michael Shoot back in high school. Shout out to Michael Shoot. Um, I just, I, I just think he's, I just think he's great on and off the field leadership wise is just, it's just great. And so, um, I think it's just another component that he brings. And so our, our running back room, I think is set our quarterback. He's there and he's young. We have him for you got, you got, you got Zach Sharp and he's fantastic. I think you got Zach Sharp injury there, but I think you, I think he's going to bring a lot to the table, you know? And, yeah. Um, and then our wide receivers. I hope we get Nico Collins back. I really do because he is one big boy that we really could we could use. We got we got really skilled wide receivers, but they're all on the shorter side now. You know, yeah. five nine, five ten, or five eleven. But that's what Gaddis um, wants. Jackson. But that's um, what Gaddis wants. You know, Gaddis, when you talk about speed and when you talk about speed and space. That's what Gaddis wants. He doesn't want these big pro style receivers. He wants the six footers, the five ten, the five eleven. He wants those speed and space type receivers. And so I don't think it's coincidence. I, I think it's just intentional. We're recruiting this way on purpose because we want an offense. We want a receiving core that is going to give us that speed that we want. And so I think you're going to start seeing mission going away from the big. Six three, six four receivers down to the six one, five ten, five eleven. Deshaun Jackson type to go up there, but yes, we do need to recruit a big boy because you need that big top receiver to go to when needed. But um, but I'm excited in general. I'm I'm excited for this football season for one because we have football season back. We we didn't think we were gonna have it for a while. The Big Ten's coming back in like twenty or twenty one days. We're taking on Minnesota. We're excited about our offense. Jim Harbaugh is the perfect guy for the job. We don't want Jim Harbaugh going anywhere. He has 10-plus wins a season. The guy is filling up the stadium. Student athletes are getting their degrees. We're one of the top public universities in the country. We're, we're, we're finishing within the top 10-ish, maybe top 15 in, in, in football every single year. He's just doing so good. The players aren't getting in trouble. You don't see any allegations coming out of the University of Michigan because of him. Like He is just a good players coach. He's putting one of the most, besides Ohio State, putting the most players in the NFL who are on teams. And so and they're not just going to the NFL and on rosters. They're actually playing. And so he, he's a great coach. I don't want anybody else coaching our team right now besides Jim Harbaugh. I want him to retire from there. And I think he is going to continue to do a great job. And so. Look, look I, 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 I praise Jim Harbaugh and his staff. I think they're great. And. I think I'm really excited to see this 2020 season get started. And uh, I have high hopes for them this year. I really do. Like yep. I do every year, but I really expect a lot of them this year. Yep. Um, I do expect Don Brown to uh, have Ohio State, Ohio State's number this year. And yeah. I really do think that he will uh, take care of his side this year. And, yeah, um, I think so know, too. I, I, that's my biggest thing. We're all circling the date. We're all uh, looking for Ohio State. I think we're we're all hungry as Wolverines. I'm hungry. Yep. I could, I mean, I could right now. I'm I'm getting hungry right now. I could go eat a 
a gopher right now, probably raw. Go That's eat it. So we're, we're we're looking forward to it. I mean, I could eat. I don't even need to cook it. That's how hungry for a gopher I'm. I, I want to get that little brown jug. And I want to drink sweet, sweet victory out of it because that's what it's going to be when at the end of that game. And I'm excited. Again, we all have that date circled. We don't want to talk about it. We just want to be about it. Don Brown is doing a lot for that game. And next week's episode, we're going to specifically get into the defense side of the ball and what that looks like and some specific things that Don Brown that we hear happening on campus and on the field that Don Brown is doing to prepare for the game. And so, um, but before... Real quick. Well, now, too, also, what's different from every other year this year is Michigan has Ohio State in their training every day now. They, they're, they're targeting yeah. them in one yeah. way or another. They have their uh, big Ryan Day um, quote up on their locker room. Yeah. So when they walk in, they every day where they're talking about they're going to put up 100 on us this year. Yes. Um, so their entire mindset this year is, is geared towards Ohio State. It's trained for Ohio State. They're practicing on Ohio State every day. Yes. And I don't think we've seen that, that level of intensity, intention. Another reason I, I really believe Michigan has a chance here to get back to what the, what the glory days, the way, the way it used to be. Yes. And uh, to keep this record that we have alive. You know, this of uh, 58, 51, and six. You know, we got to keep that's this, right, keep this going and bring it back to where it used to be. So, and you know what? It's going to take all of us. We all have to be a part of it. We all have to have the date circled. We all have to go to work every day. We have to pack our lunch and we have to get ready for this game because it's done as a family. And you know what? I love it. We're actually about to close out right now with our first episode, and it can't be at a better time because in the background, Michigan just tied up the game. It's 17-17. They're going to go ahead and they're going to win that game that's on behind Kyle, 24-17. So we can't end it at a better time. But a couple of things before we go is we want to honor a couple of, a couple of names in our life who have mattered a lot to us. We've had three dogs in our life who have passed away, and we just want to celebrate them for a moment in a moment of silence. The first one was our first dog ever. His name is Corky. He's a Cocker Spaniel a great friend. So Kyle, let's take a moment of silence for just a couple of seconds. Our next dog we got, he lived, I think we got him when I was six years old. He just died a couple years ago. He lived to be like 16 years old. It's wild. His name is Suds, a little Bichon. Kyle, let's have a moment of silence for him as well. And last but not least, a dog who died of a heart attack after we fed her little Caesars. We love her, and we have her photo with us. Her name is Mia. She was a miniature collie, and, man, do we miss her. Great dog. And one more shout-out, again, to the Wolverine mascot, to Murder Wolf. You are going to be on that football field one day, my friend. It will happen. But until next time. Another thing, too. And one more thing too, Zach, and I'm sorry for interrupting, but uh, can you guys, anybody that listens to this, next week I would like to bring up our uh, our superstitious lucky memorabilia or items that we that we like to wear or have around us, um, our little throne, as I say, um, that's the, you know that's that we like to have around us for, for luck before a game or in, during a game. Um, 
You can send pictures on our Twitter uh, page, the Gulo. Um, you know, so for me, I always have to have my football. I always have to have my jersey, which I've had since I was like nine years old. So like 21 years. Um, I always have to have my Michigan helmet. Always. This is a must. Brought this with me to Ann Arbor in the big house. Um, I have to have my Michigan bad call. I have to have my lucky socks for my grandma. I have to have my lucky wallet. I have to have what my brother Zach got me, my bobblehead. Yep. I have to have my totem pole that my other brother Mike got me. I have to have my lucky glove because the glove don't fit. Mm. Gotta have. Yes. Gotta have my sign that Zach got me. You gotta have these things. This is what it means to be all in and to circle the date. Pom pom. And to get ready for that game because yeah. it's coming. And so next week, we're going to share a little bit more of our memorabilia, and we're going to jump into the defense side of the ball. And uh, I can't wait. We have a couple more weeks left until the game time kicks off. So um, to all of our listeners and our followers, continue to subscribe, continue to share. Let's get the Michigan family and fan base ready for a great season. Until next time, we'll see you on the show. Gulo out.